Hello, listeners. So as we come around the corner and head into Christmas, I wanted to touch base with y'all before the new year to talk a little bit about the recent nominations for the Golden Globe and SAG Awards, or the Screen Actors Guild Awards. This Oscar calendar is getting very, very crowded already. So a little bit about the Golden Globes. I know I touched on this last year, but the Golden Globes is the most pointless ceremony ever. It's a group of 93 journalists who get together to vote on the performances, both in movies and television, that they deem worthy. Although mostly it's just an excuse to party and drink and have fun lauding each other and basically what the press thinks were the good performances of the year. Now, so yes, while they do not hold any real weight in the competition overall, it is like I've said previously, it's a good barometer to see what films are gaining momentum and staying in the conversation. So I figured a good place to start would be one of the biggest surprises to come out of the SAG nominations. And there are surprises every year, obviously, which is what makes this game so much fun. But one of the biggest surprises, I think, was that the bigger films like Dunkirk or The Post didn't receive ensemble nominations for the SAG Awards, which is usually seen as the biggest award of the night. And there's this statistic that says something along the lines of, it's been about 22 years since something that received an ensemble nomination won Best Picture. And the thing is that this year, that stat doesn't really apply. And I mean, it shouldn't really apply. Every morning after the Oscars, there's always this headline that comes out that says how it's been 20 years since some random thing happened, or... We have these kind of made-up rules. Well, not, not kind of made-up, they are completely arbitrary made-up rules surrounding how we are to believe the Oscars are expected to go. We hear things like, no movie that didn't get a screenplay nomination could ever do such and such. And the winner of this award usually almost always goes on to win this other award. And to be quite honest, these are rules that really don't exist. For example, the fact that The Shape of Water and The Post did not receive ensemble nominations from the Screen Actors Guild does not automatically mean that they are now out of the running for Best Picture. And the still interesting thing is that there is no frontrunner this year. We're at the end of December and there are 10 or 12 really great films that are out. So if there's one thing, one thing that we can take away from the SAG nominations and the Critics Guilds and the Golden Globe nominations, it's that this year is very diverse and varied. But let's just have fun and take a look at a specific film and see how it stacks up. Looking at one of the bigger pictures to come out this year, in fact, many believe it was the first Oscar film that came out this year, Dunkirk. It's one of the films that didn't receive an ensemble nomination from the Screen Actors Guild. Now, we could look at this and think, boy, 
Dunkirk isn't really getting the support it needs. When in reality, it is really just a reflection of the variance with the nominations this year. Also, if you've seen the film, you would know that that is not where the strength of Dunkirk lies. I am confident, 100% confident, that Dunkirk will be nominated for Best Picture. But the ensemble itself hasn't been acclaimed or talked about. Rather, it's the more technical aspects of Dunkirk that voters are really glomming onto. Dunkirk is certainly the frontrunner as far as cinematography, editing, production, and sound design goes. The fact that there is no best picture frontrunner is interesting. It's one of the more interesting things we have this Oscar season. I was scrolling through my Facebook feed the other day because um, Facebook sent me this notification. You know how Facebook does that this day in history thing? So, well, I was looking at the pictures and articles about last year, and to absolutely no one's surprise, it was full of La La Land. It's like I keep saying, last year it was La La Land or Moonlight. Out of the festivals, Telluride and Toronto, La La Land became this Goliath, which was the immediate frontrunner. And Moonlight was the smaller film that most people thought, well, it would be nice if it got nominated because it's a really good movie and the Academy should really recognize it. And obviously, we know what happened. Moonlight won. The Academy not only recognized it, they made it their top film. And La La Land too. Those movies will always be tied together because of the craziness. Anyway, this year, there is no Goliath. And... As I've said for the past two, three months now, it's been a really hard year as far as prognostication and forecasting goes. The whole reason why I started this podcast in the first place. But at the same time, it's been a really fun year because it's, it's interesting to see that there are lots of great films that have come out. So... Even if there is no Goliath or one top film, we can appreciate all of the other nominees and examine them on their own merits. And in all honesty, I think it's more fun to have a year where it is such a toss-up and not just down to two or three films for each category. It's more like it's down to five or seven films for each category. Which is awesome. I would love to see if on Oscar night, if the best picture winner, the, the real winner, the name inside the envelope, is a surprise to everyone. They can open it up and it's like, it's Dunkirk, or it's The Post, or it's Lady Bird, or Get Out, or Three Billboards. and It could be any of them at this point. And... That's why I love prognosticating and predicting this stuff so much. Because of the uncertainty. Because of how it changes week to week. And I have a lot of ideas of how I want to cover the next season with, with that constant ebb and flow. Sure, I like to win as well. I like to know what movies are going to win so I can win. No, 
I love to win. So, having placed my bets and knowing with concrete certainty that I will have a few guaranteed winners is a nice sobering thought. But it's also so much fun to have so many variables at this point. I'm pretty sure right now, if I had to think about it, I think the only guaranteed locked nominations... I don't know necessarily winners, but definitely nominees. Some might might be winners. We can see. Are Gary Oldman for Best Actor, Darkest Hour. It's that Winston Churchill thing we've been talking about for now over a year. Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project because he's winning tons of awards and will most likely just go on to get his Oscar. And Call Me By Your Name for Adapted Screenplay. One of the biggest pictures of the year. The Sundance Breakout. And guaranteed. Everything else, all the other categories, is it's just a toss-up. There's not just two or three people that we can conceive winning. It's five or six. Well, maybe supporting actress is more sure with Allison Janney, Itanya, and Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. But still. Another interesting point that I wanted to point out is usually at the end of the year... There comes this time where there's about two or three movies that have been on people's Oscar lists all year. And then they finally come out. They're seen by the critics. They're seen by audiences. And everyone's all, well, that sucked. And the list is redrawn. I can't think of any specific examples this year. This year, all of the films that we were crossing our fingers hoping to be good, for the most part, were good. I remember making my list last year and the beginning of this year and writing down movies like Dunkirk, Mother, Stronger, Darkest Hour, Molly's Game. And those have all gone on to earn some modicum of success. Of course, it's also fun to see how off-base I was, too, with films like The Glass Castle, The Mountain Between Us, Goodbye Christopher Robin, and The Snowman. Then there are other films that have come out that weren't necessarily bad films, like Battle of the Sexes or Stronger, that seemed like they were going to be hot contenders but just sort of failed to make an impact when they went into a wider release. Another little crazy side note is is the persistence of the shrinking Matt Damon movie Downsizing, which is continuing to make it onto every list with the nomination of Hong Chao in Supporting Actress for the SAG and for Golden Globes. She is the face of that movie and probably just will continue to be. I, I haven't heard much. I've, I've heard that her role's kind of controversial. Um, I haven't seen the film. Uh, more time passes. It doesn't seem that interesting anymore to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'll probably see it, but it, it's not one that I'm gunning to see. So the last thing that I wanted to touch base before we move on to a new year and the award season kicks into its highest gear, is some of the Oscar shortlists. Now, the way, for those who may not be aware, is um, that, that each year, 
Films are submitted to the Academy for contention, and then selected by the Academy for a short list, or a list of films the Academy has narrowed down for voters to choose nominees from. So far, the short lists have been announced for this year are Best Foreign Language, Best Original Score, Best Original Song, Best Visual Effects, and Best Hair and Makeup. While a few of the films featured are not too surprising, each category does have a few surprises. Best Foreign Language film, for example, includes the Palme d'Or winner The Square, along with the Cannes Jury Prize winner Loveless. However, it's the glaring omission of Angelina Jolie's heralded film First They Killed My Father, which caused quite a fervor considering its nomination from the Golden Globes received just a week prior. Best Original Score features many soundtracks with 141 films. It's far from a short list. Many composers have received multiple nominations, such as Daniel Pemberton and Michael Giacchino. Dunkirk is not too surprising, with Hans Zimmer's score already receiving incredible praise. And a win for Zimmer would be historic, as he has not won the award since 1995's The Lion King. The best original song is a different story. With 70 finalists vying for the top five spots, the list includes the late Soundgarden frontman Chris Cornell's final song, The Promise, from the film of the same name, a Stevie Nicks original from The Book of Henry, two original songs from Beauty and the Beast, two original songs from Diane Warren, and last year's winners, Pasek and Paul, with songs from their latest foray, The Greatest Showman. Visual effects contains a wide spectrum of films as well. Only one superhero film managed to make its way onto the list. This is usually where we see the cry from the, quote, fanboys about how the Oscars doesn't recognize superhero films. However, they usually are always, almost, correct myself, they're not always, but almost always considered and recognized for visual effects and sometimes sound and things. So with this year, it's Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 that made the shortlist. Um, so that's not Thor. Um, and uh, it's, not the, it's not Justice League. And it's not Wonder Woman. Like the vi- visual effects is, is Guardians of the Galaxy. That, that's where they're going. And having seen the film and enjoyed the film, I can see where they're coming from. Um, Everything surrounding Ego the Living Planet and the world he creates there. And it's pretty visual, and and I can get that. I can get behind it. Um, Another nominee is the, the realistic Dunkirk that sits alongside other visual marvels such as Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, I think it's called. The Shape of Water, which is really interesting, despite the creature from the film being an entirely physical costume. And therein lies perhaps the one of the first biggest upset and surprise of the year, with the list of best hair and makeup, the shortlist. 
While recognizing Gary Oldman's transformation into Winston Churchill for Darkest Hour, which, as we've been talking about for a year now, it's totally understandable and totally expected, that entirely physical costume in Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water received no recognition whatsoever, despite being the most impressively designed creature as its lead character and main story element, I really hope that this isn't an intentional slight to Del Toro's film for being, quote, too genre, or, you know, too fantasy or horror and not enough Oscar bait, which would be a real shame because having recently seen the film, I thought it was very good and 100% deserving of this kind of praise. It could still very well be the film that receives the most nominations overall, as was the case with the Golden Globes. I believe it's received 11, if I'm not mistaken. And that's for that's for everything. It's a best picture. Obviously, Sally Hawkins for best actress. Supporting actress, uh, screenplay, and then all of the other technical categories, which it has a really good shot at doing with the Oscars as well, just because it's so varied and so broad, it's not so specific on the performances, it's not so specific on the screenplay or or the uh, a specific technical aspect, but it's so broad, and so it very well be the biggest nomination, or the, the one with the largest amount of nominations come the Oscars. I mean, with such stellar performances, script, Oh, the, the score as well. It's, it's an amazing score by uh, Alexandre Desplat, I believe. Direction and visuals for which it's actually nominated. But when films like Guardians 2 and that Netflix film that came out this weekend, the David Ayer, Will Smith thing, Bright, and Ghost in the Shell make it onto this shortlist for Best Hair and Makeup, and in in effect, like creature design and the shape of water does not, it's hard not to be disappointed. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the Film Buff Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We're excited to get into it next week when Oscar season kicks into full gear. I wish you all the merriest of Christmases, and I'll talk to you soon. Oh, 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 o